Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you here have ever heard of or maybe actually been to an ugly sweater Christmas party? You see, it's this tradition that may have started by people making light of some slightly out-of-date sweaters, but now it's become this tradition for people that they just want to have fun. They just want to get excited. They want to be filled with joy and happiness and excitement as they anticipate the coming of Christmas. And so at these parties, there are some rather ridiculous, goofy sweaters. I'll tell you about one of the sweaters I saw one time had green and white stripes all up and down the sleeves. And then right there in the middle of the torso of this man's sweater was a picture of an elf. A very typical depiction of an elf. But you see, the elf didn't actually have a head printed on the sweater. Because the elf's neck stepped right about here, then where the man wearing the sweater would have his own head appear. And to make it all better, then there was a hood that flipped up over his head that had giant pointy elf-like ears. Just one of the many ridiculous, goofy sweaters. But you see, people gather together for work parties or youth group parties or all different kinds of parties to have these kinds of gatherings just to have fun. To have the excitement, to have the happiness, to enjoy what this season is all about. Because this season's all about being excited, being happy, being full of joy. People want no room for any negative thoughts whatsoever. You wouldn't want anything negative to ruin our Christmas spirit. But as we reflect on God's word for us this morning, from the gospel lesson according to Mark, we realize that there's so much more to this season than just being happy and excited and joyful. Because this season also has a strong emphasis on repentance. Now, as we hear these words from Mark chapter 1, there's one word or one phrase that really sticks out, and for good reason. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord just sticks out. But you see those words, prepare the way of the Lord, they weren't originally written down by Mark himself. They were first written down by the prophets Isaiah and Malachi. What does it mean to prepare the way of the Lord? And so in order to get a better understanding of what it means to prepare, we need to go back to where those words were first written and go into Isaiah and Malachi and look even at the Hebrew word that's used. So for those of you who do really care which Hebrew word is used, it's the verb panah. But what really is important is that that verb panah translates into a more literal sense to mean make clear from obstacles. To prepare means to make clear from obstacles. So prepare the way of the Lord. Make the way of the Lord clear from obstacles. Now, from such a young age, we know what an obstacle is. It's that stinking thing that gets in the way of us and where we want to go. Between us and some other person. Between us and our goal. Somewhere that we want to be or something that we want to have. Now, when I say the word obstacle, the first thing that may pop into so many of your minds is an obstacle on the road. It's that stalled car in the middle of Manchester Road at the peak hour of rush hour that's preventing you from getting home, preventing you from getting home when you'd like to get home. 
Or maybe it's that obstacle when you're walking down the aisle at the store and you see another person coming and they see you coming. You make eye contact. And both of you want to get out of the, the other one's way. So you go this way, but they go that way too. So then you go this way and they go that way too. And the next thing you know, you're doing this awkward little dance back and forth three or four times. And all you want to say is just get out of my way. See, we experience plenty of obstacles in our life many of which have no true bearing on our life, and many of which we can just make light and make fun of those obstacles as we experience them. But in Mark's gospel today, he's talking about a much more serious obstacle. John the Baptist, Isaiah, Malachi, all of those prophets were referencing a much more serious obstacle. Sin. The very thing which separates us from our God. The very thing which distorts the relationship between God and us. The thing that distorts all of our relationships. Changes the way the relationship between God and us was meant to be. But did you notice that in Mark's gospel reading today, it doesn't call out any specific sins that the people were confessing. It doesn't specifically list exactly what they were repenting of. And so in much the same way, I'm not going to stand here today and list specific sins that we ought to repent and confess. Because the truth is, is you know what sins you need to confess. You know what sins are weighing heavy on your heart. You know what sins you need to confess before your God and Father in heaven. The reality is, is sin exists. And it's a terrible, horrible thing. Sin in itself is nowhere near a joyful thing. It doesn't match the feeling of this season. But you see, there's so much more to repentance than sin itself. There's so much more to repentance than just admitting the sin and guilt that we have in our life. Because repentance is also about trusting God. It's about relying on God. It's about admitting our need for God in our lives. And most importantly... It's about knowing that wherever there is repentance, there is forgiveness. That God says wherever there is true repentance, there is forgiveness. You see, God knows the obstacles that we face in our life. But God gives you the very means you need to reconcile those obstacles, to reconcile the relationship between Him and yourself. And so here we have a great example in Mark chapter 1 of the people preparing the way for the Lord. Again, we read from Mark chapter 1. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized in the river by him, confessing their sins. Notice those key words in there. That he was preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of their sins. And all the people were confessing their sins. They were preparing the way of the Lord. Confessing and repenting of their sins because they knew their Savior would come. They knew the one who was mightier than he would come. And so today, here we are in Advent season. Preparing for Christmas to come. Preparing for the birth of our Savior. And we know he was born, but we prepare for the day in which we could celebrate his birth again. So the question is, how do we prepare? Sure, 
We get to sing songs and hymns filled with great joy. We get to put up decorations and make great food and even get presents for our loved ones. Have all these wonderful traditions. But there's so much more. There's also acknowledging that we needed Jesus Christ to be born as that baby boy. True God who become true man to grow up and bear the weight of your sin. To bear the weight of your guilt. To suffer the consequences for our sin. And to go to the cross for you. So then he would rise three days later to be your Savior. Because he is your Savior. But you see, all of our preparations, they don't just end after December 25th. They don't even end after the liturgical Christmas season is over. They keep on going. Because in this Advent season, we were reminded that as we prepare the way of the Lord, we were reminded that Christ comes to us in a threefold manner. The first being that Christ comes into this world in the flesh. But the second, that Christ comes to you every single day. He comes to you in the very presence of his word and sacrament. And so we prepare. As you come into his holy house for worship and you sit down before worship, yes, before worship, and you actually grab the hymnal and the pew rack in front of you, you open it to the front inside cover and you look down there and you see the prayer before worship. And you read that prayer or any other type of prayer to your God. Because just moments later after you pray those prayers, preparing your heart for worship, you get to receive his very presence in the word and sacrament. But then your preparations keep on going. Every single day, not just on the weekends, but every single day from there on out. Because that third coming of Jesus Christ into your life is his return. His triumphant, eternal return. And until that day, we prepare by again daily praying to our God. So when you lay down at night, you say your nightly prayers, confessing to God your sins, but knowing that you are forgiven. And then when you wake up in the morning, you take that shower or you wash your face in the morning and you see that water, you are reminded of your baptism. That in your baptism, you were claimed by God. You are forgiven and you were claimed a place in heaven. So when he comes back again, when Christ comes again for you, you will be with him eternally. Repentance. It may not at first seem to fit this season. In some ways, it doesn't have the whole feel of this Advent Christmas season. But truthfully, it is a joyful, confident way to anticipate the coming of your Lord. Your Lord who came to you as a baby boy. Your Lord who comes to you every single week in the word and sacrament. And your Lord who will come to you eternally to take you with him forever. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make the way of the Lord clear from obstacles. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And please stand as we join our hearts together in singing.